It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. A kind of magic. One dream, one soul, one prize, one gold, one golden glance of what should be. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Fuse History Show, our periodic look back at events, games, players, anything in general that's happened over over the history of our magnificent magnificent club. My name's Colin McDuff and joining me today is Graham Curry. Graham, how are you? Very well, Colin. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Um, I do like a bit of history myself, especially the history of Rangers. My favourite topic to talk about, so glad to be here. Glad to have you on. And uh, so, kick us off then. I'll, I'll let you introduce um, today's topic and why. And why? Sure. So today's topic is the Drybara Cup final of nineteen seventy nine, and I've chose it because the goal by David Cooper is something that I watched on repeat. Many, many a time. I first seen it watching the Rangers Gold video. Now, I can't remember if it was Rangers Gold or Rangers Gold 2, but it was on one of those uh, VHS tapes, and I must have got it for my Christmas, and it's one of the VHS tapes that I have played and played and played, and I just loved that goal. I loved watching David Cooper doing it. David Cooper was a, a, a hero of mine. He was one of my favourite Rangers players when I was young. So I wanted to look back at that goal because that's all I ever that's all I ever seen of it was just that goal. And then when Sandy Jardin passed away a few years ago, his goal in the same game was brought to prominence and I hadn't realised it was in the same game. So it was just a uh, a game that I wanted to look back on and, and, and delve a little bit deeper into. And, um, yeah, it was quite interesting to look back. It wasn't just those two goals. There was actually three goals in the game, which we're going to talk about. And actually, all three goals were, were cracking goals. Yeah, they really were. Um, really were cracking goals. Um, it's, you know, we'll, we will come on to the, the three goals, but I just want to echo that I, I didn't know anything about the Sandy Jarden goal until this video came out about maybe four or five years ago. Um, I don't know if it was actually after he passed away, actually. Um, the video started circulating, I'd never seen it before. And I, as you say, three very well, very well taken goals. Just on David Cooper, there's, um, is the reason you loved him so much is because he's a fellow left pegger, is that it? Yeah, that was it. I was always wanting to be a I wanted to be a left winger. Um I always tried to play like him, dribble, go fast and dribble and beat players and cross the ball and set goals up. That was kind of what I liked to do and that's what I liked to watch. Even even after David Cooper left Rangers, it was always the wingers that excited me, left or right. Um, obviously, mainly left because that's the position I played as a youngster. But I, David Cooper, for me was just outstanding, and um, yeah, a, a real, a real hero of mine. So the tournament itself, Graham, then the the Driver Cup. So this was a 
this was a friendly tournament that was held in the 70s and it was always held two weeks before the season kicked off. Um, I think it initially ran between 71 and 75, had a break for a couple of years and then came back for the 79-80 season, the one we were going to talk about and its last last ever outing was in the 80-81 season or before the 80-81 season I should say. So it always consisted of eight teams. I find this is uh, quite an interesting concept. Uh, the four highest scoring teams for the previous season's Premier League and the four highest scoring teams from the previous previous season's First Division. So I find this was an attempt for the, the SFA at the time to, to try and promote a bit of attacking football. Yeah, that was the that was the reason for the invites. Um, but the SFA didn't initially sanction the tournament. It was actually a tournament because they didn't agree with sponsorship at the time. So um, none of their none of their tournaments had sponsorship, and the Drybrook Cup, um, the Drybrook Brewery, they um, they created this tournament um, for that benefit so that they could actually sponsor it. So they created this tournament on, on the back of that. But yeah, it was it was that exactly that idea. It was to create um, lots of goals. That was the expectation of eight attacking teams in Scotland. And it was seeded as well. So the first round, it was only ever a quarter, a semi and a final. And in the quarters, a Premier team would always play a, a first division team. So um, it was kind of seeded that way. But yeah, it was a it was also a tournament that um, it was a tournament that was used for experimental reasons. So I don't know if you noticed that in, in any of your research, but they trialed sort of things like offside rules, and the offside rule was changed so that you could only be offside if you were over the eighteen or within eighteen yards of goal. So you could be. You couldn't be offside basically in the in the opposition half unless you were in their box or wide. So I was it was it was used as well as a as a trial for a, for a few different rules. I don't think any of them stuck. I think it became confusing. Just as well, man. That sounds terrible. Ugh. Well, is it any different to the offside rule the last few years? Because I'm baffled watching football nowadays, trying to work out wins. When an offside and when it's no and first rule, first phase of play and second phase of play. So, uh, I, I guess we've always tried to tinker with the offside rule to make it work and make it more exciting. Um, and that this cup was one of the vehicles for that. It's see looking at the see looking back in. I'll be honest, I took a lot for follow follow and hearing it, uh, not hearing reading um, a lot of the. A lot of the the members' memories, eh, stuff like the Driver Cup, or even going back to like the Glasgow Cup and speaking to like my dad and my uncles and stuff. It, even though this is a friendly tournament, it seems that there was a bigger focus on like kind of summer tournament tournaments and friendly tournaments that you probably don't get anymore, do you? No, I mean I think back to the Tenant Sixes as well. I used to love watching the Tenant Sixes. I think I went to a couple of them as well, um, and that was kind of like a warm-up, but it's just an exhibition, you know, it was an exhibition of football. Um, but no, we don't seem to have that sort of thing. It's, it's obviously more geared towards uh, um, a training programme and as well probably money. You know, you're trying to get big glamour friendly so you can get gate money. And if we go to play another team abroad, um, I guess we get money, we get paid a fee, a match fee. So there's 
there's a money element of it as well, which I guess is just well, it's part and parcel of the game now. But it is a bit sad you don't get these sort of exhibition things that um, that I that I remember. Right. So Rangers well, um Rangers were one of the top four highest scoring teams in the Premier Division uh, um, in the 78-79 season. Um, so that season they came second in the league. They actually won the Domestic Cup double, Scottish Cup and League Cup. Got to the quarter-final of the European Cup, so that, that was all in John Gregg's first season in charge and he's grown into his second. Um, obviously this is, in hindsight, this is probably one of the the kind of highlights um, of John Gregg's spell overall. He obviously never won the league. Um, I don't know if you know too much about that. And, um, that time when John Gregg was in charge, obviously took over for Jock Wallace winning the treble. Um, but that must have been a hard gig to follow for anybody, to be fair. Aye, absolutely. I mean, it's a tough, he's, he's obviously in that position because he's a fantastic captain and he led the team but it just didn't work out for him as a manager it was the um, yeah it just didn't work out for him at Rangers I don't think he got um, I don't think he had the team as well I mean I, I don't know I wasn't born at this point I should say you know so um, I, I wasn't born um, when we're talking about this period so I'm looking back and I'm just going by other people's accounts of it and, and reading books of it about Rangers as I, as I like to do but um, yeah by all accounts he, he didn't quite have the team in order to challenge a lot of the players were coming to the end of their careers so I think he had a bit of a, a rebuilding uh, when we talk about the 79 Cup where I think there's three starters from the 1972 Cup Winners Cup final so these guys are coming to the end of their career and he did have a bit of a, a rebuild job on his hand one thing we can see about John Gregg is he brought a super alley, so um, not all bad. No, not all bad. And, you know, this, this day we're really, really talking about is certainly not all bad at all. Um, so just in a bit of context, I, I found this really, like, like this was mind-blowing. You would never get this. Um, you would never get this nowadays. So going back to... There was very few sponsored tournaments in, in Britain, I'd say, um, never mind Scotland. But Rangers actually held a, held a friendly tournament uh, between 76 and 79. It was a tennis Caledonian Cup. And uh, this happened to coincide with uh, the same weekend of the Diver Cup final. So Rangers obviously getting through to the Diver Cup final. They beat Kilmarnock 2-0 uh, um, on Wednesday, the 1st of August. Um, and the, the, which would have been the, the quarterfinal story. Two days later, they beat West Ham in like the semi-final of the Tennis Caledonian Cup. That was Friday the 3rd of August. The day we're talking about comes the day after where they're playing Celtic, and then the day after that, they're playing Kilmarnock in the Tennis Caledonian Cup. So that's four games in five days, um, all very much. They would have been the same players pretty much featuring you would never get that at all anymore. No, it's incredible, isn't it? And we just, you hear about managers like Guardiola and Klopp moaning about the fixture pile-up and the schedule pile-up. These guys are football players, man. They should just be able to go and play football. doesn't matter. Well, albeit, I get that is very tight, though. Four, four games in five days is very tight. But 
it just shows you the players just get on with it. They just carried on and continued to be successful as well during that period, winning games. Absolutely different, different breeder. I say different breeder player, but different, different breeder society back then. It was very much a get up and go on with it, dust yourself down, kind of thing. We better sawdust, you'll be fine. You wonder as well, I don't know about the pace of the game, um, if the Caledonian Cup games, if they were maybe a little bit slower, because oh, it's pre-season, so maybe that's just the pre-season routine for these teams. So, you know, maybe there was um, a little bit of slower pace or a pre-season friendly feel to these games, and it wasn't quite at the total match pace. Although I don't think the Dry Cup final would have been played at a, a reduced pace. I think that would have been full pelt. Um, being an old firm derby. No, absolutely not. So before we go to the go to the final, uh, Rangers beat Berwick Rangers 1-0. Um the first game that was the Saturday before um, in the Zyber Cup. Then on the Wednesday beat Kamarok 2-0 as I mentioned uh, and meeting Celtic in the final. Obviously the games either side of the final uh, were the days either side of the final were uh, for the, the Tenets Caledonian Cup. Um, Rangers ended up losing on uh, the final day to Kilmarnock on penalties. It was two each of full time. Kilmarnock won 5 4. But on the build up to this game on the Saturday morning papers, there was quite a few papers writing Rangers off and very much. Also, Celtic won the league the season before. Oh, sorry, it was Aberdeen. I've heard I'll check that. No, I'm sure it was Celtic won the season, won the league the season before. It was Celtic, uh, won the league the season before. A wee bit fresher than Rangers, it'd be fair to say. So very much um, had this as a bit of foregone conclusion, or at the very least an uphill battle for for Rangers. So Rangers lined up uh, Peter McCoy in goals, back four of Alec Miller, Ali Dawson, Sandy Jardin playing sweeper, and Colin Jackson. Um, then I think it's a midfield four Kenny Watson, David Cooper, Bobby Russell Derek Parlane and then Ali McDonald and John McDonald complete the 11 um, about a few famous names in there Graham, uh, as you mentioned a couple remaining for the 72 Cup Winners Cup team uh, Yeah, so you've got McCloy and Golds there you've got Sandy Jardin and Derek Johnston I think came on in the game um, so yeah, there's a a definite bit of experience in there. I don't know if it's um, experience or old age, but uh, yeah, the guys were maybe certainly coming to the end of their career, but definite legends in there. And a guy that I'd um, never heard of was Kenny Watson until I started reading up on this. I had never had never known him as a Rangers uh, a Rangers player, to be honest. Uh, he's never came across my radar and anything I've read up him before, but um, yeah, he'd been with his five years um left at the end of 1980 so yeah it's always nice to come across these guys that you've never heard of before no absolutely um, definitely been there for five years so he's obviously played his part um, he would have been there for the George Wallace's last terrible team um, so I think yeah, and again disclaimer listeners many of you would 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 know that there's some there's a cracking theme in the video of the highlights um, and when I say the highlights the four goals in the game but there's, there wasn't any television footage uh, because it was a pre-season uh, tournament it wasn't televised um, the highlights actually came from the driver brewery uh, they brought in their own cameraman and this was uh, these were the 
the only remaining videos were for the goals. So we're very much going on newspaper reports and, you know, recollections for fans and journalists going back and looking back. But I think it was a fairly tight affair the first uh, 10 minutes or so. Um, but the Rangers actually go and get the, the first goal 13 minutes in through John McDonald. Um, so a guy, a guy I didn't know too much about, uh, Graham, John McDonald actually went on to win the Young Player of the Year that season. I think he must have been about 20. I think he was at Rangers for a couple of years. Did you know much about him? I'd known John McDonald. I had came across him in my uh, prior reading of Rangers and understanding. And Yeah, he seemed to be a good player. Never seen him play myself, but um, yeah, must have been a player if he managed to get Young Player of the Year. But that, this was a this was a good goal that he scored. But just to go back, just briefly, I think you said that there's no cameras there. Um, I've not, I've not great research that I've done for this, but there's two reasons that I think that there wasn't any filming. It was because either there was a strike on at the time, so there was a one of the engineers who worked the cameras, or uh, you know the the. Infrastructure, the staff behind the, the, the video production, they were on strike at the time, um, is my understanding. That might be one of the reasons. And then also um, the BBC weren't there because it was just a driver a cup, because it wasn't an SFA-sanctioned uh, tournament. But I think from my reading that it's probably due to the strike that there wasn't any, right. uh, any, any cameras there and we're left with just a... Uh, a single guy in the in the crowd with a camcorder basically trying to film it. It's kind of like a a TikTok that was getting made on the day or something. I, I wouldn't have, what are you doing with the kids? Citing <laughs> <laughs> TikTok. I, I was thinking that uh, when I read that um, the BBC didn't film it, but I was thinking surely you'd get somebody else. It would have been a freelance uh, cameraman or a camera technician or whatever, but it's just an MD who's watched the uh, the goals back. Um, you can see it's very, uh, very shaky hands, man. Um, so I just some guy where I can't call that. But the first goal, this is a can't go on to him. Yeah, fantastic. He's he's done well uh, to put it away. Um, took it well. He's 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 skinned some. He came in for the left hand side and he skinned the boy, and then he's just put it in the in the back of the net. But just. Well controlled, you know, you could um, reminiscent of Durant for me, the way he's got a low centre of gravity but still able to turn. That was the kind of images it was conjuring up as I watched this goal back, was a wee bit of Durant about him. So, but no, fantastic and a, a great start, you know, kind of beat a, an early goal like that in an old firm game. Uh, yeah, actually, when he comes in, when he skins the boy, um, yeah, actually, comes in, plays the one two with Cooper. But and Cooper just one takes a one touch and they kind of reverse pass. But John McDonald, it, as soon as he plays the ball into Cooper, he, he he's running exactly where Cooper plays the ball. It's just I, I, you love seeing that. You you know you and I talk about it all the time the intelligent intelligent football and off the ball movement is he knows exactly what he's doing, gets himself in a great position and a lovely finish. I thought he'd finish as well. You would have been chuffed with that. That's yeah, got to be. <laughs> Best players in the world are left <laughs> You put yourself in that bracket, aye. <laughs> so, 
But again, going, going with the reports at this point, the Celtic started to try and open up, but Rangers really started to, really start to dominate. Um, pressure's off Rangers, and um, I think Celtic have maybe gone through a bit too much, and they are really... Rangers getting forward, um, being able to try and pick them off. Setting goal comes in the 28th minute by Sandy Jardin. So, um, I, want to, I, want to read, um, I want to read out a headline for the male sport the next day. Um, this really, really surprised me about how fine a goal this was. Um, because as as you and I were, were saying, we everybody remembers this game for David Cooper's third goal, but... Uh, I'll read, the, I'll read the quote. So the headline is Sparkling Jardin. And the the first opening sentence, the first few sentences of the, the column open with, the toast is Sandy Jardin. You can stash away the beer mugs, for it was a champagne goal by the Rangers skipper that paralysed Celtic. When they whipped the ball away from Roy Aitken at the edge of the box in the 28th minute, there was a murmur of approval from one end of the ground. Several seconds later, the referee could have shouted, last orders please, because no one was going to see anything better than that goal. One of the most spectacular ever at Hamden in this hectic Driver Cup final. The season hasn't started yet, and already 40,609 have seen the goal of the season. They could have served the Champers there and then. So that's not the only report to say that the finest goal to be scored at Hamden or one of the finest to be scored at Hamden and that really surprised me because before a couple of years ago I never knew anything about this goal Yeah and it's just went right under the radar for guys our age or you know run about our age people that weren't there at the time, younger fans won't even know about it really but it is just one of the um Oh, one of the best goals ever at Hamden, but one of the best goals in an old firm final, the best old firm game even. Um to to have won it in your own box, you know, he's left Aiken for dead. Aiken was a decent player as well. He was okay, I thought, as a player. I remember him. He he must have been young at the time if he was playing in that game, because I remembered Aiken playing. Um but I, to have left him for dead on the eighteen yard line and then to just charge up the right wing. We don't know exactly know what's happened. I don't know if we beat any players or if it was just a long burst and sprint because the footage doesn't show us that. But what it does show us is the, the cut inside for the right on his left foot and he just um, thunders it past the keeper. But yeah, to have that much energy, to have that, that much drive to get forward as a centre-half he was playing, you know, it's Big Boogie must have been watching him when he was playing football. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, when so when he gets the ball and he reaches it, I think he, he beats Aitken, leaves him for dead, as you say. He beats another player when he gets to the, the halfway line and also he'd gone into the box, the kind of the feigned right-footed shot and aye, that left peg, brilliant finish. And playing at sweeper as well, I don't think very many people would think about Sandy Jardin playing sweeper, never mind a lumbust and run for sweeper. Um, it's I think it just really shows you that how how fine a player he was. Yeah, and he continued that, you know, so they went on to be, um, years and years later, I think it was probably 85 or 86, Jardin went to Hearts and was player of the year there. He played centre-half and he just um, conducted their defence. He was the main man for Hearts and became player of the year there. So, although he was probably best known as a right-back for Rangers, or that's how I know him, certainly, 
Um, he, he, he did his he did his job at centre half or sweeper anyway, because he was such a good football player and he could start attacks and he could run run like that. So yeah, fantastic goal. Sandy Jardin, um, what he had to say about that goal um, and been asked about it years later. I scored one of the best, one of my best goals that day, and it hardly got a mention. And we're going to talk about why. So Rangers going to half time two 0 up. Um, very much for majority of the second half is very Rangers dominated and uh, the third goal and the reason why you've picked this uh, comes in the 78th minute Graham so talk us through this this goal by David Cooper yeah so it's all done in, it's all done in the the, cent, the Celtic box the Celtic penalty box and I don't think there'll be many Rangers fans who haven't seen this goal so I You'll probably know it yourselves, but it's really just unbelievable skill, close control. People talk about having a ball on a on a bit of string, and that's the way he seemed to have it. He was just in total control of this ball, and the defence were going left, right, ducking underneath balls. He just couldn't get near him. He just could not get near Cooper. He lifted the air the guy's head. He lifted it in another guy's head. There's chest controlling amongst that. And then he just slots it past the keeper. Um, I, I feel like if we had the production skills at the gallant few queens, it's a kind of magic should be playing in the background because that's the song that's in my head when I hear, whenever I see that goal. And it goes back to that Rangers gold video because it was that was playing in the background and um, it's in my head every time I watch that goal. So we probably don't have the skills to to dump that over, but, <laughs> but yeah. A fantastic goal and just one of these things that made me fall in love with Cooper was because that was not out of character for him. He had the ability to do that any game. You know, he just, the close control, the skill, he's just fantastic. Aye, and it's, as I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say when you mentioned that it's everybody will know this goal. It doesn't matter if you were born in 72 or 92 or 2002. You would have seen this goal and you will have you, you will have Queen playing in, in your head as well. And that this might be a bit controversial, but I actually think, see the ball in for Alex McDonald, I think that's quite a poor ball. And the camera might be doing it injustice, but I, I don't know why he's not played it in his feet and he's lobbed it in his chest. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You get to Cooper and he'll he'll do whatever you want with it. Touch of yeah. magic. But I throw it in his chest and then keep you up. So keep you up goal as it's sometimes called. But uh, I just words can I describe just how how clever it was, how self aware and aware of his surroundings that he was to be able to do that. It was fabulous. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Could watch it a million times. Cooper had um, what he had to say after the game that day. We were so much on top that we could have netted six in that score. In that score, we'll still have flattered Celtic. Obviously, I was pleased with the goal. I scored two because you don't score like that very often. More's the pity. Then, no, you're right. You really don't. Um, that that kind of post match um, post match reaction for him that kind of ties into what a lot of the. Uh, the Celtic players and the, the journals were saying um, at that point after as well uh, Danny McGrain even 
<laughs> described it. It was a goal born of utter self-belief and complete cheek. And that's probably what, um, going by what I've heard about Cooper, uh, you, you, know, you would have watched him a lot more closely, but it's it's that fine line. There's no quite arrogance, but just complete self-belief and the kind of the cheeky cockiness that you love in winners, isn't it? Ah, he just had that confidence. Cooper was just so confident on the ball. The drop of a shoulder, he could just beat a man, just be shrugging his shoulder at the right-hand side and the defender would run the other way. Cooper didn't need to touch a ball to beat a man. He was just incredible. And then it wasn't just that, but the, the way he could cross a ball. The amount of times that the, the ball would come in for a left, it was... Lovely football that he used to be able to do. Just a joy to watch with Cooper. Um, made me fall in love with football. Um, yeah, my hero. My hero. And it's it's probably right that it's, um, you know, that this game is, uh, this game is remembered very much for David Cooper, but you don't want to say, uh, I think the big reason why I wanted to do this as well, um, when you mentioned it, is to kind of call out these other two goals as well. Um, it's, well, well what, what's that, 40, 42 years on, and well, everybody knows roughly something about the Driver Cup. They know the Driver Cup in 79 was a thing, even though if you don't know the ins and outs of it. So it is still such an iconic game looking back into it. Aye, aye, and, and as you say, that when we said it earlier at, at the beginning, is everybody probably does know the Cooper goal, but maybe not everybody knows the Sandy Jardin goal and, and the McDonald goal, um, because they probably weren't on the, the videos, they weren't showing as much, or they, they haven't been shown anyway. So, yeah, to look back and actually see that, it's probably a bit of a shame that Sandy Jardin hasn't been credited as much. I know that it has been the newspaper reports that you, you've read out, but they don't seem to have um, they, they, it's not had the longevity the way Cooper's goal did. No, but if there's any consolation um, in, the, in the player ratings um, in, the, in the male sport the, the next day, Sandy Jardin was the only player on the pitch to get a 5 out of 5 rating. Um, so at least I'm guessing he got man of the match and so at least that, he got that recognition there and then I suppose How weird was that when you started looking at the match ratings and they were only up to five and you seen some players getting a two out of five you know, how can that be? When at first it, it took me a couple of seconds to realise that this was near a ten I thought that must have been a shite game <laughs> <laughs> Two out of ten No <laughs> Yeah, very odd. You only get five. I've never seen that before. So that's uh, kind of all we all we know about this iconic game because of uh, the cameraman strike, and we can only really go on on recollection. Uh, but Graham, it's you know I, I know I watched the the three goals time and oh sorry I should mention Celtic got a late consolation uh, late on, but that doesn't fucking matter. As David Cooper said, by all accounts. Um, Rangers, Rangers should have took six half them and it would have flattered Celtic. But um, I um, just looking back at these goals and looking back at what it was like at the time, I, I think this this should always go down as an iconic game. Um, in two thousand one, there was a supporters uh, poll um, on the greatest ever Rangers goal and the third goal was voted as the greatest ever Rangers goal. So I think it's only right that we do remember this. It gets my vote, it certainly gets my vote, and it would have been worth the £2 ticket price to get in. 
two pound you get in in nineteen seventy nine, and the program was ten pence. No bad, eh? Oh, Bob for a program. Two pound ten pence, and you can get a. You you could probably get a pie at Ibrox where it's roasting hot and the fucking inside it pure crusty, and it sticks to the wee, um, sticks to the wee time foil tray and outside. Aye, I know where my value would be. <laughs> Any else you want to cover after in this before we wrap up? <clears throat> um, did you want to say what happened the season after? Were you going to say, did you want to go into what happened the season finish? I don't have anything, but just in case, I know you had yeah. it in your notes. I think Rangers came fifth that year. Ah, not worth mentioning. Um, nah, then. I don't think I've got anything else to add. Don't think so. Um, no, I don't have anything. No. No, not for me. Well, oh fuck. Well, reminiscing about ticket prices probably seems a, a nice way to finish off before we start um, uh, before I start bawling my eyes out uh, um, how much I've spent in Rangers over the years. But listeners, if uh, if you've got any memories of this game or any other any other research, if you were too young to to be there or if you were at the game, we'd love if you go in touch in the comments. Let us know your thoughts in this game, the goals itself and and what it was like if you were there. Uh, also have to do is thank you to Graham Curry for coming on. Thanks, Colin. Good to look back. Yeah, always is. And thanks for listening. Take care. Take care.